I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey kids, just a heads up, this episode deals with animal death and also has swearing. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter One of Melting Stone. Chapter One. Chapter Twenty One. Beginning. We're back. Started over. I don't remember, I don't remember that far back. <laughs> today we're reading Chapter Twenty One of Melting Stones. So grab your cup of toffee or tea or your drink of choice, and let's <laughs> shine bright like a diamond. In chapter 21, Rosethorn frees Evie from being tied to her horse, and Azaze forbids her from telling Oswin anything about Miriam. Then everyone realizes that Nori and Jayat are gone, and Evie is not going to let that happen without her, so it's a big old rescue party now. Um, come to think of it, Tamara Pierce likes those. Sorry, random tangent. Uh, uh, Evie finds Luvo and is like, hey, uh, take care of Rosethorn. I'm going to go off and like fight some volcanoes again. And after some argument, Luvo gives Evie all of the magic. Then Evie covers herself with diamonds so that the sea can't find her and then goes to bully some volcano spirits. She grabs Carnelian and Flare by the ears and says, come on, we're going. And they try to fight her, but... She She's keeps dragging too them. Strong. She's too strong. Until they start swirling. like Kind of like the crystal trap that they were in. They, yeah. They start swirling and they're getting away, melting her. And then Luvo and his mountain friends save the day. Luvo and Starnes show up. Starnes herself and some other islands are like, no. We Let's like the islands. We don't want to be destroyed. So we're going to stop you. <laughs> Knock it the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. You go this way. Like Evie was trying to tell you to go. Go this way. Be good little children. Go this way. And, uh, then they do. And then they do. That's it, right? Pretty much. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. I actually want to start with the builder and destroyer thing 
I was uh, actually yeah. literally about to say, let's talk about that building and destroying right there. <laughs> uh, all right, I- Indy, you go first. Whole passage, man, I have it highlighted. Perhaps that ha- that was hard. I am sometimes, but Evie, six-year-olds are tender plants. The slightest frost kills them. I cannot blame you, not really. In the years when you should have learned to be with people, you were scrabbling to survive all alone. But you haven't learned to go easy with the defenseless, something I'd hoped Briar and I would have taught you by now. I can only pray you will remember this and not get worse. Holy shit. <laughs> we we make the joke a lot. We've made it a lot through this whole series that Rose Thorn is just rough on people. Once you get to know her, she's not that bad. But like can we just talk about how fucking harsh that line was? I think that is the hardest thing I have ever heard her, like the meanest thing I've ever heard her say to someone who she is in constant contact with. I mean, I agree, but I also feel like this is kind of like in, was it the first book that uh, Nico and Tris we're talking and he had to give her a hard truth for her to fully understand the weight of everything that was happening and i feel like that this is the same thing rose thorn has to give her the weight of the situation like yeah oh, it's messed up and so yeah hopefully no, this no. is a lesson to you hopefully things can get fixed and it won't be a bad thing but remember this situation yeah, uh, no, that, that coating it though is definitely not gonna, yeah, make things that wasn't necessarily like a uh admonishment. At I wasn't Rose. saying it was, but it needed to be said, it really did. God damn, yeah, I feel one of the roughest she's been with one of the kids, and so, no, 100% needed to be said. Oh, yeah. So the last time that we ran across the Builder and Destroyer thing, I mentioned that there are people who I've, like, I've seen stuff in the fandom about this being, like, overly harsh. I'd forgotten about this line. And so when I came across this part, I was like, oh, well, maybe this is the part that they're talking about when they say it's overly harsh. (laughs) I personally feel it's a little overly harsh, mostly because of the second part where she's like, oh, but, you know, you'll get used to it. Yeah. But then she also realizes that right away. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let me backpedal a bit here. Yeah. I didn't take it as the second part was like, I would imagine it would bother you less over time. Like if you keep destroying, keep destroying, keep destroying, it's eventually not gonna phase you anymore. Yeah. So I didn't take it as, oh well, you'll get used to it. I I, I took it more as if you keep destroying everything then eventually you're going to become super hardened to all of it. So you need to make the choice of whether you're going to be a destroyer or builder. Yeah. So she's, I don't feel like it's too harsh. Yeah. If you keep destroying and pushing people away and treating people like you did with Miriam and destroying everything, you're eventually going to become so hardened that you're not going to care who you destroy, what you're doing. So I don't know. The the reason I do find it harsh, and like I said, one of the meanest things I've heard Rose Thorne say, 
is because of the fact that it's not necessarily that like because she needed to hear i never said that the first step was going to be easy yeah but over time you'll get used to it because if it wasn't summed up in that way if it would have just left off at i never said the first step was going to be easy it wouldn't have as much weight yeah like it would have just been a not necessarily consoling but definitely a it wouldn't have hit as hard yeah and yeah. I, I was gonna say it it helps punctuate the point and it like evie's 14 and like immediately rose thorn does say the age you were supposed to learn to be with people you were alone you don't know these things she does try and ease it a little bit towards like in the second part of that but yeah no like i don't think it would have hit as hard or as heavy if she hadn't thrown in that line and it doesn't matter how that line was delivered it doesn't matter if it was flippantly sarcastic or if it was dead serious like it holds a weight all of its own and so yes it was real harsh and real mean i think that's that's the only way that she is able to get through to evie because evie is stubborn she's like a stone she's hard-headed she doesn't listen to anything and if you're soft and gentle with her about it she's not gonna listen and i feel like the only way for evie to listen is if you're harsh with her and so and rose thorn knows that about evie and it's like i'm gonna have to be super harsh and this is a really horrible mean thing to say but this is the only way to get through to you whether or not it is a lesson to be learned the delivery was harsh yeah and I think overly so. It needed to be said. It is important. It should have been said, but it is still overly harsh, in my opinion. She definitely got her point across. Yeah. <laughs> she most definitely did that. But, like, it can be both things, I feel. I believe yeah. it can serve the purpose that it did of getting through to Evie but also being over harsh. I feel like if they were in a different situation where they weren't potentially going to die, she probably would have delivered it a little bit nicer. Oh, yeah. They, but it, I feel like the circumstance that they're in right now, she didn't really have time to think mm-hmm. about how she wanted to react to it, so mm-hmm. it came out really harsh. Mm-hmm. But I also am glad that she kind of apologized a little bit afterwards because imagine if that were if they did die and these were the last words that she said to her. That'd be a shitty way to go. Yeah. I will bring that up later. <laughs> mm, not really. I really felt that it was necessary and like like it's stated in, in the book, Evie hasn't exactly had a uh oh. stable uh, normal upbringing where she could have learned to be a little more empathetic and you know the fact that she worked with stone magic doesn't help it had to be said this way I, yeah. I don't see how else it'll go through I really don't mm-hmm. yeah she's a child but also like I said kind of like I said last episode you can't just go hey sock I mean Evie 
uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you, sometimes you do a bad thing and bad things happen and it feels bad and it sucks. I'm sorry. Like, you just have to be, like, straight to the point with her and tell her exactly what's going on. I agree. Can I add to this, though? Yes. Do it. Ultimately, that line forces Evie back onto the path of being a builder. She goes yeah. to fix her mistake. Yeah. You you have a point. You make a point. Every action has a consequence. And I think that's what Rose Thorne's kind of point is here. And Evie goes, I don't want that. Right. That's not who I am. That's not what I want. That's not who I want to be. And so Evie goes to find Miriam. And Evie goes to force the lava spirits to do what she wants them to do to yeah. save as many people as she can and so it's definitely one of those things of whether it was too harsh or not it did what it needed to do yeah which was to make evie stop and think because i don't think without that conversation evie would have gone back yeah. i think she would have felt bad about it I think she would have been inconsolable, but I don't think she would have gone back without Rose Thorne saying that. Yeah. I am a firm believer that that, that was the turning point for Evie. But I'm going to go ahead and go with my likes if nobody else has anything to add on that conversation. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, once again, I thought Azaze should have been born a queen. I, I just, I love that. Mm -hmm. the description of oswin's voice was as hard as a as hard as diamond and as soft as chalk those two things don't go together but i just love the choice of imagery there a lot they sang to my magic a chorus of nightingales just i like the there's a couple of these that i just really like how they're worded and then we get through all of that you didn't have to be so very rough with us. We were listening. You did not listen fast enough. <laughs> Sounds like something Rose Thorne would say. Yeah. I feel like with that last one, Luvo has was been complaining about how everybody moves too fast. Everyone needs to slow down. And now the meat creatures are starting to rub off on him. Like, you're not listening fast enough. Be just more like the meat creatures and move your ass. Let's go. I just love that so much. That was part of the reason I highlighted it. It's because I like the the growth Dichotomy. of Luvo. Yeah. So. It's really becoming like a... Uh a bridge between rocks and people now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I liked what everyone's trying to like squeeze onto the ships and uh, Oswin is on there, you know, seeing the ship like riding low in the water because it's so full of like people, but also shit. Just like people packing furniture and stuff. And it's like, bro, uh, you realize that like none of that will be important if you fucking die because you didn't get rid of it. You can you can buy new furniture. You can get new clothes. Uh, if you don't leave, or if the ship capsizes because it's so full of shit and not people, that's not good. I was gonna say that is just human, though. One of the good things that I like about Pierce's writing is she's able to make people be human 
and that is yeah. something that humans would do so i just i i oh anyway sorry no i was uh like it did, I wonder if that happened on the Titanic, you know, people bringing their luggage with them instead of like making room for people. Like I'm a hundred percent sure it did. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're more worried about their own. It's like please fit more people on the boats instead of your replaceable shit. They brought back uh, that ship captains just carry, you know, wind tied in tied in knots. Uh, I haven't seen that in God, I don't know how many books, but uh, I love the throwback. With the quote, how lucky are you, Efu Maymay, I thought. You go from Jiangxi's human war to nature's war on stars. At least you know it isn't you. This stuff has always begun by the time you get there. That's rough. Yeah. Can't catch she, a break. She's been through a lot, yeah. Like, yeah. becoming a mage, and we know, at least in these books, and with, you know, Rose Thorn and everybody, like, it's gonna keep happening, but... Like she said, it's not her fault. She didn't cause it, but she is there to try to help. Which is sometimes all that you can do is just be there. Um, my first one is a dislike. Azaze is telling Evie, Oswin isn't to know uh, one of his children is missing. Oh my gosh, it's so, so sad. We, we don't need to let him know that one of his kids are missing, because yeah, he's going to run off and go get the kid. I would be heartbroken if People knew, and they didn't tell me anything. Like, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, well, no, nobody will say anything because uh, we we know that uh, it it's more logical to not say anything." Like, uh, I get it, but at the same time, <laughs> it's it's heart wrenching. It's horrible. And then my next one is also a dislike. When Oswin is talking to Evie and telling her, uh, don't blame yourself about Miriam. I should have kept an eye on her. I knew it had happened when Miriam's upset. She heads for home. He has a lot more grace than I would have had if I would have known that my kid went back home because somebody was mean to her. Like, no, Evie didn't tell Miriam to go back, but she's main cause of why she went back oh i don't think i would have this much grace as oswin he's a lot nicer than i am i i kind of just want to add to that like if i i know he's got a million things on his mind but if he knew that yeah he tends to do that i would literally tie her to a rope to right like, like that i know in the last... go oh, ahead that, that's yeah. why i want to say it's not just evie's fault like there's yeah. a lot of people that could have been doing a lot of stuff to keep this from happening. But also the islands exploding. Like Yeah. It's, this it's... isn't a, a normal situation. Yeah. I think this is why Oswin has this grace. Because I think this is kind of the difference between Nori and Oswin, which is very much like maturity and experience. He's aware that there are lots of things that went into this happening. Indy mentioned in the last episode that Nuri is bl is probably blaming herself. Oswin is also probably blaming himself. But they basically react to that blame differently. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so she is blaming herself and wants to take it out on somebody else because she's angry at herself. And Oswin is like, 
I'm aware that this was partially my fault. There are a lot of factors that went into it. And so, I don't know, it's like he he sort of does the opposite. And he's like, being aware of that and his role in it makes it easier for him to to not take out his anger on someone else. Yeah. I guess um, he's, he's more accepting of his role in the situation. Yeah. He kind of made me a little upset, though, because he knows that Miriam is missing. Yeah, he blames himself a little bit for it, but he's not going after her, which, fair, he, he probably shouldn't. He has 12 other kids. Yeah. But when he finds out that Nori is also missing, he's quick to be like, you know what, I should go. Like, why are you willing to go if Nori is missing, but not for Miriam? Like, is one of your kids more important than the other? I don't feel like he probably feels that way, but just reading it, it made me feel really sad for Miriam. So I take this of one of two ways. One, we now have two kids missing. Yeah. That's important. Like, one kid that really fucking One kid sucks. and whatever. Two? Yeah. Well, it, it's not so much as an eh. It's that sucks. I can't do anything. I have all of these other kids. There are two kids missing now. And he's like, okay, I've got to go do something. I, I feel also like with Nori too, it's horrible to say it this way, that she has more value. Um, because she actually helps take care of the other kids. That was um, whereas Miriam was isn't that she's one of she's one of the burdens. Um, yeah. Nori helps with those burdens. Uh, I, so yeah, I was gonna say also if he lost Nori, he'd lose one of his biggest supports. Yeah, in taking care of all of these kids. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily think it's that he loves Miriam any less than he does Nori, but he needs Nori. Yeah. Because he doesn't have anyone else to lean on or anyone else he thinks he can lean on is what I should say. Yeah. The volcano is a stressor and then losing Miriam. What's the word? It's exponential, right? So like losing Miriam adds even more and losing Miriam adds losing nori adds even more than losing miriam but and so it's just kind of the yeah i also kind of feel like they're losing their home they're losing the place where they've already have all of this their entire lives set up and it's kind of a point of i don't want to lose a kid to this but i also have i have more responsibilities than this uh, when the second one gets added in it's a i i can't i can't lose my kids i can't lose that many yeah i i i see it as a guilt thing yeah he thinks that he failed in keeping Miriam safe and now nori is trying to save her and that's his fault at that point yeah yeah he feels that's... like that's his job he's supposed that to that makes more sense that makes and me feel better yeah, and now and now his other kid is trying to save this kid who he couldn't save because he fucked up and now it's on now obviously the first one was also kind of on him, but now the second one is definitely on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I saw it. 
Yeah. I like that reading a lot better. Yeah. My next one is like when Luvo and Starnes show up and they stop the volcano spirits from being able to uh, do what they're wanting to do, which Evie had told Flair and Carnelian, oh, Luvo could talk to his other volcano friends, uh, volcano spirit, mountain friends, and they'll stop you. It was a bluff. And nope, hey, guess what? Luvo and his mountain spirit friends are able to stop him. I thought that was so great. I, I didn't know he could do that. And then Evie's like, did I know that you could do that? And Lulu's like, I didn't know I could. But we tried, and it worked. So hooray. It was really cool. Um, and then my last one is that uh, Luvo tells Evie, I found I was not prepared to let you die, Evie Maymay. I know it must happen. I learned that if I may put it off even for a drop of time, I will take that drop. I also have a lot of feelings about that line too. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a big one for me. Yeah. I only have a handful and they're mostly like specific quotes. She won't talk, Evie understands reality. This one's just hefty. I also like the description of taking on volcanoes, Rose Thorne says, taking on volcanoes is like wrestling Luvo. And I like that description. And it kind of fits because the volcanoes end up sort of wrestling Luvo at the end. Mm -hmm. The gods watch when you replace their plans with your own. You had best make good on your new plan if you interfere in theirs. You can't just decide you're tired of your new plan or that one part of it is more important than the rest. I don't know exactly what it is about that. It might be something that we discuss a little bit more at the end of the book or at the end of the series or something, because there are some thoughts I have about things we haven't quite got to yet. But yeah, that line just really struck me. I guess it's like, don't do things flippantly. It actually kind of reminds me of in Cold Fire when the twins' parents tell them, like, you can't just go changing who your teacher is going to be now. Like... Think about think about what you're going into as you go into it. They would be free even if it wasn't what they had dreamed. Who gets exactly what they dream in life anyway? Oh, and then on page 291, Evie is talking to Flair and Cornelian and says, I'm tired of being reasonable. If you won't mind common sense, then you just have to do what I tell you. This isn't the way. I dragged them out of the hollow they had made through the crowd of volcano spirits. They got out of our way seemingly feared anything that could tow their precious leaders along like naughty children if they had children and if they had towed them by whatever passed for ears and i wrote evie's got some real rose thorn energy yep <laughs> even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we talk about a theme or a message from the chapter. What theme or message did you find? Building versus destroying. That was mine too. I gotta find mine. It's just it like we've we've talked that to death. Yeah. Yeah, no. The the whole decision to go, no, I'm going to be a builder. I'm gonna do what I can. Mine was responsibility. Oh, that's a good Emmy, Emmy is trying her damnedest now to get these spirits away from the island. The spirits that she, she initially powered up a little bit on accident. <laughs> on accident on purpose to buy some time. But she's taking responsibility for it. She 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 kind of gave up earlier, but now she's back. She's, you know, kind of really kicking their asses into gear to get them to where they need to go. And also, she's kind of feeling responsible for Miriam right now, because even though, personally, I don't think it's entirely her fault, uh, she is going to feel that responsibility regardless. Yeah. Because it's, it's, that, it's just that situation where you say something mean to someone, and then something bad happens to them, and it's like, oh, well, regret, you know? Mm-hmm. Mine is focused on page 292 to 293, this little section. You're going out the way I told you to, I snapped. I'm tired of fussing with you and finding ways to keep you busy and out of my hair. You are a danger to my friends. You can't be trusted to do things so you don't kill everything in sight. If you're determined to die, fine. You'll do it where you don't murder 
everything else for miles around. Why do you care? Carnelian wasn't fighting me as hard as Flair. Instead, she twined her arms around the one I used to grip her ear. Her warmth burned through, burned even through my diamond armor. Everything's all temporary anyway, she said. You touch it, well, we touch it, and it disappears. It's not like it's important. That sounded like Luvo and me calling people and animals meat creatures. I feel like this is the chapter where Evie really figures out I guess she realizes other people have feelings too and maybe she should care about those feelings and maybe she does care about those feelings. Yeah. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? So I thanked my strong arms that helped me climb and lift and fight. I thanked my hands they led me to briar and my magic by itching to handle polished stones and by accidentally waking the power in them. I thanked my legs with the muscles that could hike and kick. I thanked my poor feet. They'd carried me so far. They had such an awful punishment from the emperor's soldiers. I thanked my belly and guts for putting up with the bad food I gave them when I couldn't find anything else. I thanked my bones, my skin, my mouth, my nose. Um, as someone who, who suffers from mental illness, I feel that this is important because... I'm in constant pain. I broke my back when I was eight, and it constantly hurts. Like, I broke my arm. I don't have mobility that I should have. Yes, my body hurts all the time, and my brain rebels against me all the fucking time. But also, I thank my ears for letting me hear music and Malian's and Ia's laughter. I thank my voice because I speak. For people who cannot, you you have to find things to be thankful for. Sometimes when you're suffering from chronic illness, whether that be, you know, a physical debilitating or a mentally debilitating thing, you have to find something to be thankful or it's going to eat you. You're going to wallow and hurt. But when you find something that you're thankful for it makes it a little bit easier it's taken me a long time to get there to be thankful for something every day find little joys little things to be thankful for it does it does change a lot that was mine that was Um, also one of mine (laughs) i just my i like i don't have nearly as many deep things to say about it i guess there's a little bit of like deep things I can say about it because I absolutely hate my body and I love the idea of treating it with gratitude and saying like I am thankful that I have this I am thankful that I have that um but also just in general being grateful yeah I wanted to say um there have been a lot of days that I don't even want to get out of bed going through some hard things right now being thankful that I'm able to get out of bed and I'll thank my body for all those things. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, all the things that you basically said. <laughs> I'm actually going to throw in one more little thing here. 
as y'all know, and probably our listeners now, I'm converting to Judaism. One of the things that I've learned about Judaism is there is a whole series of blessings for like waking up and opening your eyes and like walking and just just like little everyday things that you do. There's a blessing for going to the bathroom. It's actually been one of my goals that I want to like print all those out and put them somewhere where I can see them so that I can actually learn them and start just saying them all of the time. Because it'd be great if I just like woke up and my first thought in the day was, thank you, God, for letting me open my eyes today. And even if you don't like believe in God, I I still feel like it's just a great attitude to just be like, thank you. I am waking me up. Thank you for waking me up. I am grateful that my eyes out of bed. Yeah, that's something that I've kind of had to deal with firsthand as well. Like, there's still joy to be had in this world, even yeah. like things are shitty right now. I've been trying not to think about it. It's been pushed pretty far into the back of my head. But, you know, my fiance is pretty uh, sick. She's doing great right now. You never know what the future is going to hold. So you just have to uh, enjoy what you have now what you have what you can so we're having a good time we're going out we're doing stuff because life is too short you guys ready for sad boy hours oh i'm ready fuck me up who let's see if i can do this without crying (laughs) i found i was not prepared to let you die i know i know it must happen i learned that if i may put off every drop of time i will take that drop it's officially been six months since not to sound dramatic but it's me so it's gonna be dramatic um it's been six months since my heart stopped beating my whole reason for getting out of bed i love that cat i love that cat so much i miss him every day i felt every day for the last six months it's such a vicious and stark clarity I was ready to spend every single cent I had it didn't matter if it was going to be pointless by the end of it I would have spent everything to save them and it's hard it sucks and yeah I want him back I would I would take him back in a heartbeat if I may put it off even for a drop of time, I will take that drop. Be thankful for every second you get to spend with someone or doing something you love. You never know when it's the end. And I feel like there there are a lot of things I can say in this moment, but being thankful for every second that there is with someone or something or doing something is important. I also think that you should try and leave this world better than you left it. But that's that's a different magic. <laughs> I'm sure I've said this one before, but here it comes again. Teamwork makes the dream work. Um, Luvo, you know, can't do everything by himself, so he... Hey, you islands, are you guys cool with these, uh, you know, little lava dudes fucking everything up? And they're like, no. And it's like, okay, let's do something about it. 
So, you know, he, he kind of gathers them up, puts them all together, and they, they manage to uh, save not only themselves, but also the people on the island and all the other living things. Um, what I got out of it is that uh, you can't always do everything by yourself. When you need help, reach out. Uh, because there is strength in others that, you know, shit's hard. You, and you don't have to deal with it on your own. There's always someone that, you know, you can reach out to and can help out in some way or another or give you a different perspective to help you, you know, deal with it yourself. But reach out. Help is available. Mine is uh, when Rose Thorn is telling Evie, six-year-olds are tender plants. I have to remember that, having a seven-year-old, because sometimes she'll get upset about things that I don't think are a big deal. Mm -hmm. But to have the grace to be like, you know what? It's a big deal to you, so I will make the effort to act like it's a big deal to me as well, and we'll get through it, and we'll talk our way through it, instead of just brushing it off, being like, it's not a big deal. You need to stop, because... So for six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, the smallest thing can be world-shattering to them. And uh, we got I've got to stop and help her with her world-changing things. I, I was going to say that is always something good to keep in mind because yeah. kids are experiencing everything for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's hard. Like they they have no point of reference and so it is the end of the world for them their goldfish dies this is the first time they've dealt with death it's world ending to just realize everybody's going to die one day <sighs> they get their heart broken it's the first time they've ever loved someone and they've just broken their heart yeah like they have no point of reference yeah they might be 12 years old and it's you know kitty love like it's just babies yeah but like also that's that's their first experience with it and it's hard yeah so it is a good idea to kind of keep that in mind i like that one Let's see, the last chapter is called Out of the Ashes. Does anyone wait wanna take a crack at what happens in this chapter? I'm sure there was some ash from the volcano and that they're recovering from said volcano eruption, I guess. Brittany, your predictions. <laughs> I just, like I love you so much. Like, they just bring me so much joy. And they have since day one. Like, back in, back at the end of season one, when we were like, what do you think is going to happen in Triss's book? And you were like, she's going to shave her head and turn it into a beard and become a pirate. I was <laughs> like, I knew this was a good idea. Yeah. We are still waiting on that fan fiction. If anybody has wrote it, please email us at simpleofreadingcircle <laughs> at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on our socials. 
you you have any guesses, Goodwin? Uh, I think they're going to be pulling Oswin's smoldering corpse out of the house, and that is what the ashes that they are pulling out of out of the ashes. Is nobody has died yet? So, and it's the last chapter. No, Miriam's gonna be fine. So is Nori. It's just Oswin went into the house singing they were in there, and it got clunked by a chunk of lava. Nobody, we have like someone's gotta die. Nobody, and it's the last chapter. Maybe Luvo's dead. Is Luvo dead? Because he he wasn't in the end of the last chapter. Because. He gave all the power to Evie, but he was still able to contact the mountain spirits. So, Actually, so I was wondering too if he was dead. But then yeah. he's back with the spirits. Kinda, so yeah, he kind of came so, back. I I I meant to ask this at the end of our likes and dislikes. Um, what did y'all think of that? I thought he had died, and then he came back at the end. I was like, oh. I guess he's not dead because he was a lifeless lump in her arms. It's like, oh no, he gets the last of his power to be able to save everyone. And I'm like, oh, here's here's him dead. And then he comes back. I'm like, okay, I guess he's not. So unless he's not able to go back into his body, but everyone else is able to go back into their body. So I thought Indy was asking just in general about all of the islands showing up and kind of saving the world. I thought it was really fucking cool because, like I said, uh, Evie was bluffing in previous chapters like, oh, yeah, Luva will talk to his mountain buddies and they'll stop you. Just you watch. And she was bluffing. She didn't mean it. And then, oh, he was able to do it. So. And it's, it, that felt like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Like, yeah. She didn't know he could do that. But yeah, because then... even she was like, did I know that you could do that? He's like, no, I didn't know I could do that. Yeah, and then it's like, yeah, he got the like, he probably got the idea from her, and then tried. It's like, oh, we can do this. But I don't think he was there to hear her say that, though. Unless when she got back, she's like, I said this, this, and this. Possible. That's true. Well, I know right before uh, she went down there to get the diamonds or whatever, she threw all these images at him because she didn't have time to tell him anything. So maybe that was one of the images she threw at him. I also have to say I was curious because I feel like this is a kind of controversial ending in the fandom. Red things in the fandom where people have talked about being kind of dissatisfied or like, Evie shouldn't be this powerful. I personally am not bothered by it, but I also like this is my series y'all so it can kind of do no wrong yeah i mean, um, I thought it was kind of weird that she could hold all the magic of a god and then she was able to go get more magic from the diamonds like how much magic can this girl hold jesus christ that's a lot of magic okay think about how much force and pressure it takes to destroy a rock. True. That's the way that I take it. Is like so. Is Juba Huba this powerful then? No, but we also know that Juba Huba is not as powerful as Evie. That's true. Yeah, but some people have said, well, like they think that Evie is just uniquely powerful. Um, I think there's been some conversation that maybe Evie is like not entirely human. Like there have been some what's the word uh, theories about that well i have an idea hmm. i think 
the fact that she hasn't grown up in like a regular human like being brought up as a human essentially if you kind of get what i'm saying like she had a parent and then she lost them sold to slaves then ran away and kind of had to fend for herself and was like kind of protecting herself with rocks since she was like a child i think has given her a more like a, a deeper understanding of rock magic i think that kind of goes hand in hand with luvo and like seeing how luvo communicates to other rocks and like what his powers are and him learning from her like she she has an even deeper experience of not just how like she communicates with rocks but now how rocks communicate with each other and that's made her a more powerful i almost said earthbender uh I mean, she basically is. Pretty much, yeah. That makes me think of back in Sandry's book when the kids harass Nico about not telling them that that they were mages. And he's basically like, I wanted to tell you as little as possible because once I told you things, then you have a conceived notion and it kind of locks you into the way you work magic. And we see that that's kind of the reason that Sandry is able to spin magic because nobody's told her she can't. Mm-hmm. So when they're trapped in the earthquake, she's like, hey, what if I can spin us together? And then she does. And she's the first person to be able to do this just because she doesn't have a conceived notion of that not being a possibility. Um, and I think it could be the same case with Evie that like having grown up the way she she has having gone through her experiences she hasn't been told as much of what her limitations are and so she doesn't have the same sense of limitations that others do i'm gonna pass the mic to indy um what i was gonna say for primarily the people who are like oh well she's op okay but listen the first eight books have dealt with prodigies because the original four they're op as fuck like let's be honest though so i mean yeah i kind of understand the argument but at the same time what fucking book series have you been reading (laughs) this is not a new concept within this this book series because you brought it up with sandry briar also it has essentially turned a house back into uh, essentially a forest because he felt like it. Daja body slammed a fucking fire tornado. <laughs> like, they have all done extraordinary things with their magic. All of this being said, I feel like it's worth pointing out that many, many chapters ago, I don't remember which one, way, way at the beginning, Luva's talking to Giant, I think, about how he and Evie met. And he talks about, like, how he came out of his mountain for her because, and I quote, she sparkles. Mm. So Evie is special. Whether that's like an inborn, she's innate, a special person that's like something extra or whether that's just because she has learned and developed her magic in a different way. Like, it can't be said. I... I think personally, I'm going to headcanon it as number two, just because I like that idea. I've always liked the idea that like anybody can become that person. It just takes the mindset. 
Yeah. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt. Chapter 22, y'all. The final chapter of Melting Stones. I wasn't sure how easy it would be to reach them. The earthquakes would have knocked the road to pieces. Lucky for me, two of the animals who had come to the farm were mules. You can't beat mules for taking on bad terrain. I sweet-talked them into wearing saddles and packs I had stuffed with food and mule treats. I knew that nobody tells a mule to do anything. It's better to negotiate. So what if I so what if I hobbled like an old woman? It was time to go. Otherwise, like the ferret in the old stories, curiosity would kill me, or worry, or fear. Off we went, slowly. Each step sent up a puff of ash. Tree limbs sagged with more ash. It blanketed the grass and hid the stones. I had to wrap a scarf over my face to keep from breathing it. I even ripped up two shirts and gave the mules scarves for their noses. I envied them their long eyelashes. Every little breeze blew grit right into my face. My eyes watered all the time. The mules warned me when a fresh shake was coming. That was good. My magic was still limp, so I didn't know. When the mules halted, their eyes rolling, I'd slide from the saddle. I'd talk soft to them until the ground settled again. I gave them apples and carrots and paid them compliments in every language I knew. They liked the compliments even more than the treats. Mules are pretty vain. There's no good speaking of that journey. It lasted two and a half days. The road was just sad. In three places, rock slides had wiped it away. Lucky for me that I had mules. Lucky, too, that the McRae River was changed, knocked into a new course by the bouncing earth. We picked our way along the old riverbed. The whole time, I prayed to Kansan the Merciful, to Hebei, and to the gods of the Living Circle. I wanted to see no tumbles of clothes, no bodies half buried by rock or ash. I wanted no sign that people that the people I searched for had died making this journey. Either the gods listened and they were safe, or they were under so much rock that I never saw them. I wore out the three brooms I brought, sweeping ash from the mules' grazing and my campsite. I went through every spare bit of cloth. We couldn't drink the McRae's water. It was acid from the damage done by the volcano spirits. The mules, the mules grumbled as I measured out water from my canteens, but they could smell the river. They wouldn't touch that water. If I came back after death as anything... It would be a mule. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. And let's shine like a diamond. Shine <laughs> like a diamond.
Moonshine like a diamond. Bright like a diamond. You forgot a word. You fucked it up. You fucked it up. Well, I guess someone's not getting dinner tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And let's shine bright like a diamond. There you go. (laughs) And let's shine bright like a diamond. (laughs) Go with that take. I really like that. The last one? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Everything else is stinger. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.